What is up, you guys? We're back. No, this is not Tristan's TikTok, even though that's his intro to Even though that's how I start my TikToks. We are back. It's been a couple of weeks. Yeah, and you'll never believe, but Tristan actually has a little glass of rosé in front of him. Woo, we did it. You know what? It's Friday. We did it. It's Friday after work. Oh my God, we just, we didn't even want to start podcasting because we were just debriefing so hard. But guess what? We care about the fans, so we're here for you now. But guess what? We're here. So... Let's get into it. Um, Holly, I think you have a list of today's hot topics. Okay, two words. Well, one word actually. Padam. 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 What do you think? Love it. Okay, well, maybe I'm not convincing you that I love it because I didn't know the words there. But I love it. I love it. It's a hair short. Like, I wish there's like one more verse just because I love it so much. But I love <laughs> specifically in the second verse where she's like... Um, shivers and cold champagne get the shivers when you say my name oh love it yeah she's a wordsmith tristan singing voice it's back yeah and you know what kylie minogue she's gonna come up in our anna nicole smith deep dive brief spoiler alert spoiler alert She's been the culture since whenever that <laughs> happened. Holly, I was literally thinking in my head. I'm like, when does Kylie Minogue come up? But then I remembered yeah. when she comes up. Yeah, she's there. It's pretty dark stuff. Rough, <laughs> tough stuff. Okay, that's all. We just song. That's well, all. There haven't been that many songs of summer. I'm going to be honest. Flowers by Miley Cyrus doesn't really hit for me. SZA, I mean, that came out in December, but like that's still keeping me going. So. You know what? It's funny you bring up Miley, mm-hmm. uh, Endless Summer Vacation, I guess is the album title. Like, it was definitely good. Definitely, I thought it was fun. I liked the beat. When it first came out, <laughs> I what, did I, what did I think about? Definitely, I thought it was fun. I liked the beat. So, yeah. Well, when it first came out, I was like, I love this album. I love the song River. And I love the one with um, yes. Belinda Carlisle. Brandy Carlisle. Brandy. Yes. Okay, Belinda is Heaven is a Place on yeah, Earth, right? Yeah, that's a different okay, sorry. artist. Yeah. Brandy Carlisle. It's a cute album. It's, it's okay. A, definitely, she's a cute girl. Cute yeah. next to gorgeous. No, but um, yeah, oh, I've kind of forgotten about it, though. The Karma remix with Ice Spice came out today, and it's like the biggest flop. Even the Swifties don't like it, so. I didn't even listen to it because I saw the tweets that it was It's bad. hard when the Swifties aren't into it. I know, because they really ride for her. By the way, if you can hear my giant ice cube clinking, just deal with it, okay? Just so you know, it's a giant ice cube in my rosé. Rosé all day. Okay. You know what me and Holly keep quoting today? Put your hair, throw your hair in a bun, put some gangsta wrap on, and handle it. And that's exactly what we're going to do. Messy bun. Okay? Messy bun, sorry. <laughs> okay, next. Okay, okay, this one's a bit more serious. I had, Don't worry, I have some better topics. Honestly, I wanted to do a whole episode on her. Maybe we will in the future, but... One of the lights of my life, Tina Turner, passed away this week. What do you think, Tristan? Um, Are you a fan? Yeah. Okay. Honestly, I mean, yeah. In the way that, like, we all know. Um, <laughs> Proud Mary. Yeah. Proud Mary. What's the... Oh, my God. What's Simply the, the best. Yes, that was made popular again on Schitt's Creek. You need to watch. So there's a 2021 HBO documentary called Tina. And it's... Oh. Um, from her point of view, that's, like, the first time I really got indoctrinated into her. And I have just been, like, obsessed with her since then. So much so that... From watching that in 2021, I cried when she died the other day. Okay, you know what? I should watch the. I will watch the doc this weekend. I will say my other like big memory of Tina Turner is when, um, I think it was like Oprah's 50th or her 40th. Oprah loves her. Oprah loves her, and then Tina like let her come on stage and perform with her. Oh my god! I've like god. seen that on YouTube. So yes, she definitely has a life worthy of the more on her yes, later treatment. Her totally, and I I was I am aware that she like. Um, you know, lived out the latter years of her life in like Switzerland and the south of France, yes. which is super glam. So yeah, and it's um even goes a lot deeper than that. Why she was there, I oh, who knows. Okay. We're not gonna go too deep on her, but I will say if you have another seen time, the, if you are a fan and you've seen the doc, 
you know that one of the most heartbreaking things at the end is because she's endured all these years of abuse with Ike Turner and they they ask her like with all your success and everything you overcame was it worth it would you go back and endure it again she says no she wasn't worth the years of abuse for Mike Turner becoming Tina Turner so that really hit me okay moving on Cannes Film Festival okay here's some of my bullet points Johnny Depp gets a seven minute standing ovation the Idol premieres. Womp, womp. It started with a 20% on Rotten Tomatoes, then it went down to 10%. Let's review the first episode when it comes out in a couple weeks. Yes, good one. Write that one down, you guys. Um, down. Yeah, saw the Idol stuff. I mean, I was excited. I was trepidatiously excited about the Idol because I've read all the stuff about Sam Levinson. But when I saw the trailer, I thought, okay, this could be this could be a sleigh. It's the kind of this thing is we'd a potential like. mother. It's we definitely the kind like of thing it. we would like. It is a potential like. mother. For I want to like it. I wa- mm-hmm. you know, and Lily Rose Depp, gorgeous mm-hmm. girl, great gowns, beautiful great gowns. gowns. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. It's so sounding, it's yeah. not looking good. No. And it's sounding like it comes from the eye of a straight man, which oh. I take really yeah. issue with. Well, that's the, what people are most upset about. They're just saying it's quite misogynistic. You'd, you'd be surprised. I'm still quite excited to see what uh, The weekend's acting chops are like. So more that's on that later. That's true. You know, speaking of chops, he's got those big white choppers. <laughs> he's and he's always those- showing them off. He's got those Brooks Ayers veneer. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know what? I'm not even going to say his name, but that first man that you mentioned with the teeth. Mm-hmm. All I want to say is <laughs> Amber Heard, we're with you. We stand with Amber Heard mm. here on more on her later. I don't know where I fall. Holly, believe okay. women. Well, we might have to research her because you know what? I just think they're a special case of two people who just, okay. I don't know what to believe. Another day, people. <laughs> Another, um, Yeah. But I guess he's made a comeback, so uh, okay, whatever. <laughs> okay, I have an, this is just a quick. This is a quick hit. We don't have to say much on this. Doctor Luke has been named the Songwriter of the Year by ASCAP. You remember him? <laughs> I'm another one. Another one. I'm not even gonna go there. Yeah, Kesha, if you're out there, I'm with you. We're cheering for you, Kesha. If you're an abuser, if you're canceled, just hold tight. Your time will come. You will get out of the hole. Oh, my God. Evidently. It's like, what the heck's going on? Anyways. Okay. I only have two more. Don't worry. Security. (laughs) (laughs) This one I think we might have a lot to say about. So, because we're big fans of this chicka. And she recently got engaged. She got engaged to the richest man in history. Do you know who I'm talking about? (laughs) Soon to be Mrs. Bezos. Mrs. Lauren Sanchez Bezos. I was going to call her Mrs. Sanchez, but no, she's Mrs. Bezos. Well, soon to be. Um, You know, clap if you love her. Clap for her engagement. She's a queen. And I know there's more (laughs) story there to tell. Well, yes. The looks alone just grab me and pull me in. We need her on Below Deck. She's a live girl. Remember when he was like cheating with his ex-wife Mackenzie and then they uncovered his texting with her and he's like, I love you, a live girl. (laughs) Vibes. What does that mean as opposed to? I don't know. Maybe. But I like, she's in her 50s like him. So at least we've got a win for ages. For the older folks, for older listeners. Yeah. Okay. A few more details. So obviously he's got like the biggest yacht in history and he unveiled this like, well, I mean, the paparazzi unveiled this massive mermaid-esque busk of her like carved into the front of his yacht. Have you seen this? No. You'll need to look this up. Because you know she's got quite the look to begin with. Now picture <laughs> that carved into the biggest yacht. Immortalized. Now it's yeah. immortalized forever. So, and then on his yacht, he pr- proposed and her ex-husband, who's a baseball player and baby daddy, he was there on the yacht. So he's obviously, he's happy. He's like, okay, he's in let on me it. just get yeah. in on this. I would get in on it too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen, at that point. I yeah. had read a Reddit thread last week where people were like, 
Jeff's trying to, you know, they were comparing everyone to Tom Sandoval. They're like, Jeff Bezos, you know, he, he'll never marry this girl. I don't know how they made this connection. And they're like, you know, he'd never give up half his fortune for her. Days later, I see they're engaged. Period. And you know what? This is actually going to come up. Sorry, you guys. I feel like I'm being a little low energy about this stuff. I'm thinking in my head. I'm like, who's a who's like a reality TV couple where they get along with their ex? I'm trying to think of someone to compare them to. I Dolores, like- Frank, and Polly. Oh, you're right. OK, yeah. there you go. Top yeah. of mind. Yeah. It's giving very Dolores. She, she is a bit Dolores Catania now that I think of it. But sure. She must got that gorilla grip. <laughs> <laughs> she really knows how to, how to grip them. Because you know what? This probably will make her, as soon as they seal the deal, the richest woman in history. I know. Slay. I know. And Miss Mackenzie, she gave half of hers away. So she's out of the running. And you know, Miss Mackenzie, she got married again after that to a teacher from her kid's school. Please. They're, they're already split up. Okay. She lo- she blew the bag twice. Mackenzie, <laughs> well, come on. She didn't blow it, but whatever. Okay. Um, that teacher, he had his eye. He, he knew what was going on. He's like, okay, Mackenzie, let's get married. Wink, yeah, wink, wink. wink. <laughs> um... I guess, you know, speaking of Dolores, I know, do you have anything else on your list or are we going to get into... Nothing bravo, so what's... What well, yeah, I was just yeah. going to say, we we already spoke about this a little bit in person before hitting record, but <laughs> obviously New Joyzy is coming to an end. I did not finish the wedding special, but I am all caught Ew. up finally. Um, and, you know, me and Holly just really want to say, we have something upsetting to say, and that is that we're no longer... T- I don't, our love for Louis is starting to waver a little. Yeah. I was telling Holly, you guys, that scene, the se- the episode before the finale where him and Teresa, I think he was like, they were lying on their bed <laughs> and they were talking about Joe and Melissa and he was like, I wouldn't share a glass of water with him. And it was just, I could see the like amphetamine in Tristan his Tristan was seeing like ADD drugs. I was seeing more like harder street drugs in that scene, but okay. whatever you, however you want to spin it, something wasn't know. right. Some, something wasn't right there. And he's red. Yeah. Teresa, she was speechless. That never happened. Oh, she yeah. was speechless. She was just sat there with those glassy eyes. Yeah. Oh my. Oh I my. And it, it made me sad for her because it's like, if he's willing to snap like that on camera, God forbid. Behind, you know. Yeah. And she definitely just. She snaps too, yeah. though. I think they're a good match. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, praying for Tree, but... You know what? And then, I, yeah. when it comes to the finale stuff, like, I don't know whose side I'm on. I think they're all mess. It's a mess yeah. all around. I actually don't think, specifically, spoiler alert, with the whole thing in the finale about the rumor about Melissa in the car, I actually don't think Teresa was being that conniving with that. Like, Melissa was really trying to paint it that Teresa set her up at the finale party. I do not think that that is the case. But then, yeah. in, in the same breath, it's like, they're they're both throwing eggs at each other like it's so bad it's so bad <laughs> i was tree hugging all the way until the finale then i started to become a bit of a fame horga but then with the wedding special i came back around to the tree so i mean it is, it again. we love to have fun with tree like you she's know what fun. i have to point out actually i was watching the finale with friend of the pod dax co-host to the stars and we noticed he's got the best or she had the best bravo guests at her wedding we've got dorinda we've got jill zarin kenya Ayan, kenya Real stars. Real heavy Real hitters. don't give a fuck bitches. You know what? Speaking of New York, uh, I don't think we've done the podcast since the trailer for a new yeah. running drop. What's your, what are your thoughts? Just quick. I like it. It's cute. It looks it looks cute. I, w- I was pleasantly surprised. And I think a, a legacy girls trip is perfect for the older gals. Yes. And I yeah. think the, the Bryn, I believe, is her name. Yeah. She I think good. we have a star on our hands. She's got a lot of hair. I know. Big a lot head of hair. hair. Big, full head of hair. And we need that. And we need that. Yeah. Um, and oh my God. The name on everybody's lips, Vanderpump. Oh, Rules. I know. You know what? Listen, you guys, we're not going to read. We've all, yeah, we're, we've all seen. We're all going. You wheel. can't escape it. You can't escape it. But I will just say, Tristan. Wait, I have to say. I know what you're going to say. 
Tristan has come full circle from a few weeks ago when he said, I'm Raquel, Raquel is me. I think you're, you've come back around. I've come back. I am Raquel. I'm actually back to being Raquel. You might Listen, be Tom Sandoval now. Let yeah. me just say, you're like, tweeting up a storm. Watching that reunion, just absolutely abhorrent behavior from the couch on the left. Like between Lala no. and James and just barking, barking like dogs. Tom couldn't even get a word out. Of course, I don't condone. he deserve to get a word out? I mean, but then it's like, if we're going to do the reunion, we have to at least, at least let him talk. Like, it was just so frustrating to sit through. I felt it was an hour of oh. barrage. And then miserable Katie gets off the hook. She's so happy this scandal happened because she doesn't Come get on. to be held accountable for her cruel treatment of Raquel. Uh, and, yeah. oh, you guys, last point. They're really making a point of calling her Rachel, which if you're not familiar, someone found a high school yearbook of Raquel's where her real name is Rachel. Her birth name is Rachel. So evidently she's changed her name to Raquel for her Hollywood debut. Whatever. Let me just say, Jax's name is Jason. Uh, Lala's name is Lauren. Uh, all, they all use stage names. Stassi, they're all using stage And we respect their stage names. Yeah. So why are we shaming Raquel? Look, Riddle we're, we're going to be talking more about dead names later, especially Anna Nicole Smith. She's got <laughs> oh, quite she's the real <laughs> birth name. But I will say, I, I hate Raquel, but I'm not going to call her Rachel. I'm not going to call her. I'll call her what I want. I'm not going to be wants. cruel. But, okay, Tristan, usually in the past, I hate when, you know, the left coach, they're freaking yipping and yapping. But this was the one time it was warranted. So I was cheering right there with them when he was crying those crocodile tears. And they started, oh, shut the Fuck up. Oh, my God. I was living yeah, for it. Yeah, I mean, that's I true. I was living. Look, I'm not I'm, I'm not Team Sandoval, you guys. I'm <laughs> kidding. But I will. The last thing I'll say, and I was telling a coworker this this morning. When it comes to Schwartz, let me get this off my chest. And maybe some of you guys are going to hear me say this, and you're going to delete me out of your phones. You're not going to want to be my friend. You're not going to want us anymore. <laughs> let me tell you something. Let me get, let's get one thing straight. If I find out, and I've been in this position numerous times, I find out that, you know, my girlfriend, I find out that her boyfriend's cheating on her. Great. You know, I'm a good friend. I'm a, I'm a real true friend. I go to my friend. This has happened several times. I say, I need you. You know, I'm coming to you. I'm coming to you woman to woman, gay man to woman to let you know that your boyfriend is cheating on you. I care about you and you can do this information what you will, but you need to know this. I tell her, right? She tells the boyfriend they get in a big, huge fight. They stay together. Her boyfriend tells her that I'm the problem and I'm trying to break them up. And now I'm the bad guy. So let me tell you something. I find out my friend's cheating. I'm going to tell my friend, you should not do that. You need to come clean. But I'm not going to go tell the person. I'm not getting involved. I'm not touching that with a 10-foot pole. None of my business. Okay. Yeah, spill. Speak on it. You just spoke on it. Who are all these friends you're having cheating on? I mean... You know, our girls aren't getting cheated on. I (laughs) know. I'm like I don't attract you guys. I didn't want to. I didn't, didn't want to make. I didn't want to panic anyone. I'm. I'm really thinking back to a specific incident high in high school, yeah. and then I almost got my beep kicked. Ooh. He was waiting for me outside the bus stop. Swear to God. And Are they you sta- serious? Yes, and they stayed together, and now it's my fault. Wow. Um, okay. Never telling you again. That's pretty traumatic. Yes. I'd be scared. You little gay guy in high school with straight guys got your number and he wants to beat you. Oh my God, you guys. I swear to God, I was walking down the street and he was at the bus stop by my house. Him and this other girl. Oh, if I could name names. Any listeners from <laughs> from home, they would scream. As I'm walking, I'm like, oh my God, no. Right? And then his bus arrives and he like had to get on the bus. So I, just, I narrowly missed him. But Oh, woo. thank God. We need you here. We need you here doing the podcast. So yeah. thank God. Um, Yeah. You know what? I just feel like when I'm watching this, like Ariana is just talking about how she's been cheated on so many times. And I say, you got to reject that energy. Yeah, Don't accept true. a cheater into your life. Don't be a cheater. Be a Katie. Be a LVP. Yeah. You'd be the only ones there with clean hands. And we're good. And oh, last thing. We wouldn't let us not forget we would not even have this show if it weren't for Sheena having an affair with 
Brandy Glanville's husband. Eddie Sibrian. Who had children. She quite yeah. literally, they're talking about how Tom Sandoval's destroying a, like a life partnership. Sheena destroyed a marriage. But let's be real, it's really hard for me to find a fuck to give about Brandy Glanville. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Okay, next but, topic. No, wait, I have one last thing, because you know what? So many people are watching the Underpump. This is this is going to be fun for the, you know, the listeners to engage with. So apparently there's this big secret that's going to be dropped in the next few episodes. I have three theories. I've been working all week on these theories of what the oh, big T is going to be dropped. So... And they say because some cast members might not want to film the show after they see this. No one has seen it yet. It might be from a one-on-one interview. It might be from the reunion. So here's what I think they could be. One, I think that maybe the affair started way earlier, like around the time of Rachella and the engagement. Okay. Like it could have been going on like years. Because you're right. When I was reminded of Tom's involvement in Rachella. It's so weird. And then it's also so weird. Like him and James were best friends, brothers, soulmates. Like were they? I don't. Yeah, so, like, if you go back, I haven't watched, like, the episodes fully, but, you know, here and there, dip in. He's always had eyes for Raquel Sandoval. Like, if you just watch, like, I think he was falling for her a long time ago. Okay, two, I think it could be that Raquel was at a drug rehab center, and she's going to out their drug usage, like Tom and Tom, because obviously... Oh, my... That's The little baggies, some people saw that in the scene with them. Yes, and you know what? I don't know if you've ever read this on Reddit, but for years prior to all this, there have been allegations allegedly (laughs) allegedly if you remember when sheena was married to mike shea and he had an opiate problem this is documented on the show there have been allegations that the reason why they all were so angry with him like they were angry with mike shea about his addiction is because he allegedly got schwartz involved in (gasps) drug use and that never got revealed on the show but that's why they're all so vitriolic towards mike and did not support him in the way that they might typically support a friend struggling with addiction he's always seemed a little Pa- uh, pale sallow in the yes, face yes and everyone yeah. on reddit at least back in the day i mean just in the past few years would say like schwartz did kind of start looking a bit sickly i yes. mean who knows but anyways continue well i think it's clear raquel and tom were using together so anyways my last theory is that um this one i just heard recently that maybe ariana is quitting the show oh yeah that she might know. get a spinoff or try to be an actress so yeah. i can see her because Anyway, so if if any of those come true, you heard it here first. Yeah, put your bets, people. Okay, I have one last headline very quick. And you know what? I said it wasn't Bravo related. Kind of is. Did you see that Amelia Gray Hamlin walked in the fabulous Versace Dua Lipa show? I did. And you guys, it's going to pain me to say it, but she kind of slayed. She slayed haters. She's made it. Shut your mouth. She actually has. Yeah. And you know, it's so funny because everyone used to make fun of Rinna, like being like, you know, you're never going to be Mama H- Mom- a Hadid mommy. They would call the girls the Hadidents. They're going to, they call them the Hadidents. Yeah. They said she's <laughs> running the house of Hadidden. But <laughs> let me tell you, uh, oh my God, I'm forgetting her name. Delilah? Amelia. Delilah. Amelia. Amelia. Yeah. The other day, Amelia Hadid. Yeah. <laughs> They maybe were the Hiddens, but the other day she Hidden. She did at that Versace Dua Lipa show. Honestly, I love her look. Like the bouffant. That's kind of what I'm she liking. She looked good. And she yeah. was giving attitude. She was giving character. Like yeah. attitude. It was slang. And I was watching that. I was like, man, if they let me up there. Oh, my God. Oh, I would give it. Shut down the runway. Okay. Well, we're going to refill our glasses and we'll be back we're with gonna so much information we'll right on Anna Nicole Smith. Okay, you guys. We're back. Anna Nicole Smith. Have you ever heard of her? Clap, <laughs> clap if you know Anna Nicole Smith. Everyone knows because she's famous as hell. Anna, Anna, glamorous Anna, Anna Nicole. Okay. Um, <laughs> before we get into it, so obviously we are reviewing the Netflix documentary. Now I'm forgetting the name. It's, oh, Anna Nicole Smith. The, you guys, it's on the homepage. It sucks. The name sucks. Yeah, Not I, don't the know, documentary. I can't remember what the name is. Yeah. Anyways, what is your experience with Anna Nicole Smith prior to this documentary? So I think I followed her a lot when I was like really into US Weekly and tabloids when I was in like grade seven. And because you know what? 
going into the documentary, I'm like, I kind of forget. Like, I don't think I know much about this woman. But then they start talking about Larry Burkhead and Danny Lynn. I go, those names are imprinted on my skull. Danny, Holly, <laughs> when I tell you, okay, you guys, the two, I don't even know where to begin. One of my earliest memories. Guys, just so you know, Tristan's going to like have a conniption this episode. So just buckle in. I'm in the grocery store with my grandma and my brother. There is an, like a magazine. Mm-hmm. It had to be an Us Weekly or a Star. In touch. It was Anna Nicole Smith at the Oscars in a teal dress. Google it. And I, I knew Oscars? this before. Right? I thought the same thing. Yeah. And she, you know, the, the, the cover was like Anna Nicole's weight gain. They were shaming her for her weight gain. And I remember my brother being like, damn, look at Anna Nicole. And from that moment on, Anna <laughs> Nicole Smith was burned into my psyche. Like I randomly... Like, I was obsessed with Anna Nicole Smith when I was a kid. And then... Is this what started your, like, Playboy fascination? I don't know. But, like, 2006, and we're going to get to it, spoiler alert, but all of the stuff that happened from, like, 2006 to, I guess, early 2007, like, I was hooked to HLN and Nancy Grace. Every single night, me and my mom would watch the Nancy Grace coverage of the Anna Nicole Smith trial. Okay, I wish I was there. I was like, I'm watching this documentary. I'm like, you don't even have to remind me. Like, I vividly remember all of this stuff happening. And I was like 12. I don't know why this is like the moment in my life that sticks out. But I was there. The name, even just you saying Danny Lynn. Like, (laughs) I can never meet anyone named Danny Lynn because that name (laughs) is just tied. There's only one Danny Lynn. I'm going to be honest. You're probably not going to meet too many Danny Lynns in your life. So if we're all good there. Yeah, so I don't know. I honestly, I went in obviously knowing who she was, put the documentary on. I'm like, I don't really remember what happened. I didn't even remember her passing, to be honest. I'm like, I, I know she's not alive, so it must have happened at some point. And then when it all started to click, I was right back there. I was a kid in the grocery store. And that's what really this podcast is all about, like just being that young kid in the grocery store it's looking at the rags. so true. It's so true. So do you want, do you have any more context you want to no, give? No. So okay. I mean, I'll, 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 a short little bio. So well, we'll go through it. So yeah. the documentary starts, it actually opens with, and I had recently watched this, um, her Playboy Playmate video. So back in the 90s and 2000s, when you were a Playmate, not only did you get like a centerfold photo shoot, you also shot a little video like about your personality um, that you would like take your top off, whatever. So hers opens with her in Mejia, Texas. So she was born in 1967. AKA spelled Mexia. She's like, everyone used to call it Mexia, but it's Mejia. And even in this video, we'll get to this, but in Mm -hmm. this video, like she, there is something so innately likable about Anna Nicole. I will say she's gorgeous. (laughs) She's gorgeous. But there, she has the same sparkle that young Britney Spears has and that there's just something magnetic about her. Like there's something so sweet and authentic you just like her. Yeah. Like, especially in those early charismatic for sure. Yeah. Okay. One second, you guys, we have to pause and shut this. Tristan's got some sun in his eyes. We're pausing. Sorry to, (laughs) sorry to break the fourth wall. Be right back. Okay. Hi, you guys. Back in the shade. Here we go. Sorry. We had a technical moment. We're back in the shade. We're good. So she is born. Do you have her? Yeah. Can I say it? I want to drop this. So we've got Anna Nicole Smith. Gorgeous name, right? I think I always love the name. Rolls off the tongue. But her birth name didn't really. Well, it did. It was Vicky Lynn Hogan. <laughs> it's just kind of perfect. Queen. Yeah. That's Queen. right up there with Beverly Ann Merrill for me. It's like really giving dead name vibes. <laughs> so, and the, you know what? It's tricky to describe her early life because we will get to this as oh, we get I to the end of the documentary. It. But <laughs> she's born in a really small town outside 9, of Houston. 9,000 people. Yes, and yeah. she does not have 
a relationship at all with her father. So she's raised by her mother and her aunt. And it sounds like, at least from the beginning of the documentary, there was abuse. She grew up in a chaotic household and bounced between homes, between living with her mother and then living with her aunt. And her and her mother did not get along. Yes, her mother, well, there's more to that story. Um, and her mom was we'll a correctional officer. It. Yeah, Virgie. She was a correctional officer. And I have to say, her family, who they all interviewed for this documentary, she had a lot of half-siblings. Did you ever see the movie um, X or Pearl? No, I mean okay. to. But. Well, if the listeners have, they're literally straight out of these movies. They are like frozen in time. Like, I'm like, <laughs> yes. where did they find these people? I they know. are so sick. Yeah. <laughs> they are so 1980, like 84 yeah. in the way that they look, too. And, and they were just recorded for this documentary. If any of you guys, not to jump ahead, but if any of you guys have ever seen the Anna Nicole Smith show, she this woman wasn't in the documentary, but you have to watch the episode. There's one where her cousin, I believe her cousin's name is Vicky as well, wow. comes and knocks on Anna's door. And Anna's like, Vicky, get out of here, whatever. And she's like toothless and it's a whole thing. And then in the Christmas episode, I watch the Christmas episode of the Anna Nicole Smith show every year. Uh, it's holiday tradition in my house. Are you house. serious? Yes, I need to check that out. Holly, it's Aww, so good. She throws cute. a Christmas party. Margaret Cho is there. Like Ooh, all, anyways, fun. you guys, her cousin Vicky comes. I think her cousin's name is Vicky. It might be, unless I'm wrong. You know what? You'll correct me. But her cousin, whatever her name is, gets wasted. Skinny dips in her hot tub. They have to pull her out. Then she gets in a fist fight with Anna's assistant. Oh my god, it's too Okay, good. that sounds like must see TV. So, back back to the timeline. Um, from the moment Vicky Lynn is born, she is the center of attention. Gorge. She's gorgeous. Yeah. Gorgeous. It's giving Brooke Shields where even the kid the childhood photos, like you can tell she's pretty. Yes, and we'll I mean She's not really had a lick of work done other than her boob job, which we'll get into because that sets off a real chain of events in her life. But her face was not touched. The face card would never declined. No. So she moves out. She moves out at, I believe it was 15. She starts working at gyms. Yeah, actually, I'm going to jump in here because I took some good notes about her transition out of the family okay. home. So she had a young son at around 16, Daniel, who's going to be a big character. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, okay. Wait. One second. Let's cross reference okay. here. So I was going to say, I have 1986. she, she, she quit school at mm. 16 and got a job at Jim's Crispy Fried Chicken. That's crispy with a K. She falls in love with the cook at Jim's Crispy Fried Chicken. Apparently, everyone, all the customers were always trying to take her out, trying to give her a ride home from her shift, this and that. Even in her Playboy video, she goes, and there's Jim's Crispy Fried Chicken where I used to work. Anyways, everyone was like asking her on dates and she was used to that attention. Like she knew she could manipulate and men and, and loved she loved it, it and yeah. she loved it. She kind of starts falling for this chef. And then she asks him for a ride home, thinking like, hello, everyone gives me a ride home. And he says no. And what her family alleges is like, then she was really hooked. Like to be told no, she was like, I have to have this guy. So she gets married at 17, flushes her birth control down the toilet because she gets married and he's like, you're going to stay home. I'm going to work at Jim's Crispy Fried Chicken. She's super lonely at home. And in her words, she comes up with this idea of like, if I have a baby, I'll never be lonely again. She flushes her birth control down the toilet and gets pregnant with her son, Daniel. She leaves the daddy when Daniel is six months old. Yes. So thank you for clarifying. Daniel, just keep him in mind. So she's a young mom and he'll be like a big character in her story. So she goes to Houston, which is pretty close to her hometown in 1986. I think she's like 17, 18 at this point to work at a strip club. Um, They were blowing up at the time in Houston because of the oil fields, kind of similar to like Fort Mac in Canada. Like it was just like a booming time to be a stripper in Houston. Yeah, there was a ton of money flowing through Houston and like men making a lot of money and having 
not being able to leave. They just had to, sp- they, you know, they want to spend it. Yes. And so then the documentary, since Anna Nicole, unfortunately, is not here with us, is narrated a lot by her friend from the strip club, Misty. <laughs> then we're introduced to Missy. I think it's Missy. I think it's Misty. Misty. Okay, we'll say Misty. Okay. Holly, I just want to say... This dynamic, Am I the Misty to your Anna Nicole? <laughs> I think you're the Misty to my Anna Nicole. Because the way they describe the way Misty described this friendship, I mean, before we get to the real yeah. crazy stuff, I yeah. was like, okay, I love these two partners in crime. Quite literally crime. Yes. And before we even met her I, and I was watching the documentary, I did text Tristan. I said, I think you're Anna Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> then Misty comes. I think, I think I'm Misty. Anyway, so she makes this friend there and she's kind of narrating this part of her life. So she immediately knows how to strip really well. I guess she's always been really in touch with her sexuality. And Misty says she starts cleaning up, making bank at the club. And she starts talking about how she wants to be a famous model. And she said, the only thing holding me back is my boobs. I'm flat chested. I can relate. Anna Nicole quickly saved up enough money at the uh, stripping job to get a boob job, which she gets immediately. And Tristan, I'm sure you have a lot more to say on this, but I just want to say here, when she gets this boob job still stripping, um, that's when she gets hooked on pain pills, which I wrote down to be exact. Valium, Xanax, Lortabs, Vicodin, Clonopin. That's quite the prescription for a boob job in the 80s in Houston. That's but... quite the cocktail for a boob okay, job. Okay, yeah, she got the good good I feel that. like if you get a boob job now, they're giving you a couple <laughs> T3s and sending you on your way. Like... Yeah, and they're like, they're not writing that prescription. Anyways, so this is like before I just wrote this down. It just made me laugh. Like she hadn't even made it to Hollywood yet. And the pain pill addiction, like it's starting the minute oh, she gets. She's yeah. pilled up, you guys. So and you know what? We forgot here. the most important part. She gets to the strip club and she's like, I hate my name, Vicky. Oh, like, yeah. I don't want to be called Vicky. So then Misty is like, why? Oh, no. She tells well, Misty. She's Nikki. like, yeah, she's like, I hate the name Vicky. I want to be called Nikki. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> like, you know, same difference. So at this point, she's going by Nikki. And Misty refers to her as Nikki throughout yeah. the documentary. Like, she knew her as Nikki. Not Vicky. And one Nikki. of Misty's, one of the quotes <laughs> that I had to write down, Misty says, quote, Nikki had gas and I had the matches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like she says that the two of them were just a bit wild and reckless. Yeah. And she even alludes to later in the documentary them getting into like some pretty hardcore trouble and just never getting caught. And she doesn't say what it was. Yeah. I'm thinking it was a bit of a hustler situation. Oh, okay. You know? Is that the name of the movie with yeah. Jello? Yeah, yeah, I love hustlers. Like I think they were up to some scammery. You know what? If you want to pull caught. one over on a John, power to you. All the power to you. Um, and at this point, I feel like they became kind of like a best friend, like family system to each other because she did have this young son. And we're going to talk more about this later. But Misty and yeah. her, they were kind of helping. Raise well, yeah. The son. And throughout the documentary, even in these early days, you really see that Anna loved her son, Daniel. Yeah. But, like there is a true, true love there. And she says throughout the documentary and even Misty says this. Everything Anna did was for her son. Like she had a goal of making as much money as she could, buying a home and just running away with her son. Um, yes so, so you can jump sweet. in but anyways at I this point just... she has gotten her boob job and she has been addicted to about seven pain pills <laughs> and at she's strip club. killing it at and the she strip wants club. to be a model and she thinks she can do it yes i wrote down imagine being a stripper back then oh my god because you guys i read this book ivy league stripper about Ooh. this girl who went to brown university and then whatever she needed money and she ended up becoming a stripper and it was like back then there's no social media if you're not in your hometown you literally will never get caught and mm-hmm. you will make like so much money like it's Anyways, I know that's the thing that holds me back from doing that kind of work, like OF, because I'm like, I just want my old teachers to really see that. But oh my yeah, God, I know they get, wanna... get the hometown tongues wagon. Um, <laughs> the next thing I was going to say is. OK, she, so yeah, she, well, she so she this all happens very fast. This is next big fast. thing. 
1991, she meets the ultimate sugar daddy. His name is J. Howard Marshall. He is an oil executive and he is a billionaire. As Misty clarifies, not a millionaire with an M, a billionaire with a B. With a B. Yeah. Anna starts taking also around this time. And this timeline was very confusing to yeah, me. Yeah, it was. Because in my memory, I have only known Anna in the context of her being married to J. Howard Marshall. But it sounds like as her career got started, she kept that a secret. Like the public did not know no. that she was with J. Howard Marshall because from what I understand. they were more just like companion like sugar daddy relationship until they get married later yeah so he buys her he immediately buys her a house he buys her a horse she stops stripping he is just like showering her in luxury but she so he wants to marry her this whole time by the way he's like oh he's okay, literally like, he's 90. like 90 so yeah. she maintains i want to be a career woman career of being a model and she won't marry him she's like but you can buy me a house you can take care of me and my son but i'm not marrying you yeah I misty be a career says woman. he asked her to marry him several times and she said no um also around this time she starts taking glamour shots and they showed this one where she has like bang like blonde hair bangs and sunglasses and she looks so hot and she looks like the kim kardashian glam turn it up music video this one f- i was like damn she was eating yeah she was eating and by the way this guy jay howard marshall like literally he looks like older than like the six flags man like i don't know if you watch family guy but like the old man and like the wheelchair and that like he literally is like the creepiest oldest (laughs) man i've ever seen on screen i just want to say skipping ahead again in in her reality show the anna nicole smith show no but in her bedroom she has a giant oil painting of him like, oh. even post all well, of Well, we this. are going to talk about how his true love. But so. <laughs> anyways, around this time, so Marilyn Grabowski is in this documentary. And if you're familiar with Playboy, as you guys know, I'm obsessed with Playboy. She was the photo editor for Playboy. Um, she, a photographer from Texas who had taken these glamour shots of Anna Nicole, or Nikki, uh, reaches out to Marilyn and is like, I have a girl who I think would be a great playmate. So they send Nikki out. She does a photo shoot, but just for a cover. So I know I've explained this before, but to be a playmate is to have an entire photo shoot in a centerfold. Um, if you're just like on the cover and not in the issue, it's that's a little bit different. It's not as high of an honor. So she's on a cover. Um, it's like the debutante issue. And Wait, she, can I tell a little story before that? That yeah. was in the documentary. So as she's like trying to become a playmate, they bring her out to do a photo shoot. And in her first time doing like a test she's being really shy really awkward and then they put on the song diamonds are a girl's best friend by marilyn monroe and they say she just like comes alive and i just could really relate because i remember as a child that song like really did something to me too where i would just like start like you guys thing. <laughs> nicole kidman singing it in moulin rouge yes oh yeah oh a yeah kiss on the it's <laughs> so good and so that really awakened her because we're gonna there's a lot of parallels parallels to marilyn monroe she really idolized her so yes, of course that song so. brought her alive and then you know what she started taking those great photos and yes so yeah. they put her on the cover as a debutante which marilyn grabowski says is pretty funny because she was obviously a stripper from houston but yeah. they dressed her up as like an 18 year old southern belle it's funny like with no internet back then you could just like Lie. say whatever you're just <laughs> like this is the debut like it's like no one could ch- ch- they're no like, one okay, could yeah. ever verify <laughs> anyways immediately Paul Marciano from Guest sees this magazine cover and is like, who is that girl? I want her to be the next Guest girl. And at the time, Guest Jeans was a huge brand, major denim brand. I mean, it still is. But at the time, they were doing major campaigns with Claudia Schiffer, Naomi Campbell, major, major Yeah, it was like the Victoria's Secret kind of of the time. Totally. So Anna Nicole is like, or Nikki, pardon me. Sorry, and is is this 1992 yet? Because that is when she sheds the name and goes by Anna Nicole Yeah, so this is 1992. And I was just, my next point is, she changes her name to Anna Nicole Smith. Okay. So a lot is happening around this time, right? Like 
Okay, she's... Things start happening fast. And she's got this whole relationship with the billionaire. She's got the stripping, the playmate, the... She okay. is on billboards all the way down the Sunset Strip in LA. Yeah, like, well, we're going to get to that She's period. becoming a massive star, like, instantly. So, Misty... Okay, so now she's, like, kind of out in Hollywood modeling, doing a lot more of that type of work, and her friend Misty moves into the house that the billionaire bought her to watch her young son Daniel so she could go shoot like playmate of the month and like do all of her she also is playmate of the year yes and that well that's gonna be a good story too and it goes really well she starts um getting a lot of work so Misty is living with Daniel at the house that the billionaire bought her in Houston at this point okay now she's taken on the new name Anna Nicole Smith ready to shed the Vicky Lynn Hogan of it all and guess what the Cohen brothers, she gets to Hollywood. The Cohen brothers ask her to come in and read for a part, and she gets a boom. Boom. Instantly. She walks in. They she didn't even have the script in advance. Yeah. They toss her the script. They're like, read this. She does it. They're like, do it with more meow. She does it again. They're like, you got the part. At this point, I'm starting to think she girl bossed a little bit too close to the sun. The manifesting was a bit too readily available too for her. <laughs> I you know what, you guys, sorry, sorry to bring it back to the Playboy stuff. She yeah. did that debutante cover. They loved the cover. They invited her back. She was Playmate of the Month, May 1992. And then she was Playmate of the Year for 1993, which is the highest honor you can get in Playboy. And it does make you a bit of a star, especially back then, because this is like the Pamela Anderson. Yes. Uh, Jenny oh my God. McCarthy Playmate era. of the Year. God, what I wouldn't give. And she got a champagne jaguar. Oh. <laughs> but we'll get, th- we'll get yeah, to that Yeah, we'll part. get to that. Um, I was just going to say, around this time oh, is when she starts really rolling with the LGBT. Yes, that's my next point. So Misty keeps repeating that I Misty... From her perspective, I was in love with Anna Nicole. I was in love with her. Then she drops the bomb. She goes, I was her first female lover, too. And she says Anna Nicole was a, quote, incredible lover. And she was sex obsessed. Doesn't matter who. <laughs> Doesn't matter who. <laughs> so at this point, I start clapping. Okay, okay. She's rolled with the LGBT. I'm like, okay. So the story gets the story gets yeah. better. But at this point, you're like, okay, that's why her and Misty are like so like blood bonded and they're like, yeah, pretty much like partners. Like, yeah, they were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were totally together at this time. And then Anna starts around this time. She's got these billboards and she's becoming a bit of a name. And something that they don't mention until later in the documentary is that a lot of this immediate success was the result of J. Howard Marshall in that he hired the best publicist, the best agent. He had billions of dollars to throw at this career. You just know that. Well, I just know that, but that at the end of the documentary, they allege that her, the reason her fame came so quick and then went away so quickly, spoiler alert, is because once he wasn't bankrolling it anymore, mm, she couldn't afford the publicists and the agents and everything. Yeah. So that's part of why she got so huge. Another thing they don't mention in the doc is that around this time, she also booked a major H&M campaign, which at the time was only in Europe. But um, I think I've read articles that it's like she was literally causing traffic like accidents <laughs> in Sweden. Anyways. Um, so at this time she starts becoming like the OG paparazzi star and yes, starts working. In- yeah. The nightlight circuit and she's in, uh, cahoots with the paparazzo and they're like, you'll go out on the Hollywood strip, go in and out. And they just record her the whole time. And it's like catnip for the, yes, fans. she is the original, like, I'm trying to think of a good comparison and I don't want to like say Britney. Britney and Lindsay, like, like a, a Lindsay. Paris, like, a, yeah. like a Lindsay or a Paris and that she was working with them. Like, so she'd be out on the town. She was calling the paps and she was getting photographed. And, but and they she said, was like, like loving it in a way that she like, she was loving it. Yeah. And they, they said like, she was amazing tabloid fodder. Like any photos of her just sold. Like yeah. people were obsessed with her for some reason. They showed the clip of her in the Coen brothers movie. And like, she just has a magnetism. Yeah. Also it factor. I was, well, I had written, Oh, the clubbing looked fun. 
It you know so the girls fun. were having fun back then. But don't forget, she's been addicted to pain pills since her boob job in like years ago. Like so. no cell phones? Come on. She's starting to get like quite a few movie roles. She's hustling. And this is when the old man billionaire pops back in. He wants to adopt her son, Daniel, um, when he's like probably like 10 years old. Yeah. I don't know if he does. Does he adopt him? Um, No. So that starts... I think that's part of what raised the yeah. alarm with his sons. Yes. So before we get into the legal stuff, I did just want to mention the story they talk about in the documentary where she was doing a photo shoot at a home in Malibu and she saw in mm-hmm. like the house. So they were doing this photo shoot like down on the beach and she saw in the house a giant picture of Marilyn Monroe. So she knocked on the door and asked the owner if she could come in and take a photo beside the photo of Marilyn Monroe. And her and the owner became lifelong friends. I just thought that was a sweet story. Um, Cute. She... Another interesting part, and this is something I wrote here before I get to that, is like, it's sad watching these early clips because I only know her, you know, post the year 2000. And my understanding of her in the clips I had seen is of someone who is clearly under the influence of several drugs. So to see her young and free, it is so sweet. But what a lot of people don't know, and I think I knew this fact too, is that she actually was offered the role um, that Cameron Diaz played in The Mask. Oh. So Anna Nicole was signed on for that role, um, but she says in the documentary they were only going to pay her 50000 and she thought she was worth more, so she dropped out, and it ended up going to Cameron Diaz, which kick-started Cameron Diaz's career. And let me tell you guys, fun fact straight from the source, I, like, did a bit part on, like, a show when I was, like, 13, 14. Oh, and, really? Yeah, and okay. either the producer or the writer of the show produced or wrote uh, The Mask, and he told me that... Um, Cameron Diaz wasn't even supposed to audition she went to the audition with her friend she was with a friend and they saw her in the waiting room she was a working model so she was gorgeous I mean she is gorgeous of course Yes, but I've they saw story. her in the waiting room and they were like hey like why don't you come in and read and she ended up getting the part and that ended up making her a star so oh, like, I can't believe you got that story from the source I mean I've heard I of know. how Cameron Diaz was discovered but not through but if it wasn't for yeah. Anna Nicole Smith that would have never happened so anyways. okay can I tell the story about meeting her dad uh are you ready? I don't think you're ready. Okay, wait. I just have a couple more yeah, funny yeah, random yeah, get in things. There. Okay. But um, that happens at her Playmate of the Year. So it is she around also time. around this time starts, appears with Howard K. Stern, who comes up throughout all That's of this stuff. That's her attorney. He's her attorney. But mm-hmm. their relationship is super murky. And if you guys are familiar with the latter portion of her life, you may be familiar with him. They also show clips of like a Christmas with Howard J. Marshall and her son. And Howard J. Marshall is literally 90 years old at this point. And one of the things she unwraps, and this is in front of her like five-year-old son, is a giant picture of her in Santa Claus lingerie with yeah. her legs spread. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and this the other scene part, is a lot. And listen, I'm not trying to kink shame anyone or anything, <laughs> but they play all these voicemails that Howard J. Marshall left her and, and her, like these phone calls. And she, he's like, I miss you. And she's like, do you want to see rosebuds? And they, <laughs> she's referring to her breasts. Yeah. And he's like, yes, I want to see rosebuds. And she's like, you want to touch rosebuds? Those <laughs> voicemails were kind of a lot. Not I kind rosebuds. of had to... Go on TikTok at Anyways, that time. Um, and then, I will say, like, I think all those clips were to show that, like, they were really in love in a way. Like, yes, you yeah. guys. Oh, my God. You're right. Okay, sorry. I'm talking so much. But watching <laughs> these clips, watching the clip of them riding around on the ATVs, I was like, she did love this old man. Yeah. The point they're trying to make in the documentary is, like, they had some, like, type of love. He really loved her. And he loved the companionship. This will actually be a good, well, yeah. And I mean, his his kids were not so crazy about that. This is kind of a good lead. And like, obviously, she had daddy issues because her dad was yeah. not there. And we're going to lead into her 
very crazy meeting with her dad. Yeah, but this like, is my next point, so you can get into it. Yeah, so maybe that's why she had this, like, loving relationship with this, you know, billionaire. Who knows? Okay, so her dad was never in her life. Apparently, her mom was like, he's abusive. He's a piece of shit. Like, well, you don't want him in your life. Okay, never met him. Then she's, like, 24. She becomes Playmate of the Year, and she decides... I want to get in touch with my dad. I want to meet him, bring him back into my life. Like, look how successful I am. I know I have all these brothers on my dad's side. So she's like, dad, like, let me fly you out to my playmate of the year party. And um, they're in this limo and there's this scene. She's like, let me tell you who I am. And again, this is like before the internet. She's like, I'm a guest girl. I'm playmate of the year. And daddy, I'm taking you to the Playboy Mansion this weekend. And you get to meet Hef tonight. The dad you see him in the clip. He's like losing his mind. He's like, oh my God. Like this is the best fucking thing that's ever happened in my life. And the brother is there. She's 24 at this point. So they go, they have this like weekend, but it turns out, guys, there's no easy way to say this. His dad is a really disgusting, messed up person. And his son, the brother of Anna Nicole says this in the documentary. He told this really horrific story about how the dad actually had raped his sister-in-law, the son's aunt, and then he finds out that on the way home from that first meeting on the Playboy trip, he had tried to have sex with Anna Nicole, so it kind of all came crashing down. She thought it was, like, this magical meeting with her dad, but then on the way home, he, like, tried to assault her, and that was that with the dad. Yeah, and she had really told herself a story about yeah. like her dad and how she was finally going to find her dad. She hated and it was going to be mom. this amazing fairy so tale because she, like, she really yeah. resented her mom yeah. for, for keeping him from her. And then, of course, she does meet her dad and he ends He's up like being a disgusting evil. perv. And I'm telling yeah. you, you guys, the clips where it shows her meeting him, I had a knot in my stomach because <gasps> I just knew something was wrong. Like, I know he looked a bit too slick, like Hollywood. Uh, You're just like, he's just like too. Yeah. And then it turns so out it's way worse than you can imagine. There is like a theme of her really being let down by loved ones. And around this time, she ODs in a hotel room. So well, I just want to make the point that that was just a few months after the disastrous meeting with her dad. That is when she ODs on drugs and the illusion of her being like the good girl next door from Texas is shattered. And the paparazzi say... This is great. Now we can really dig up dirt on her and exploit her. But yes, it all because happens up now. until like, this point, the public did not know that she was using these prescri- no. abusing prescription pills. And she really was pitched as like this country Southern girl who got a Debutante, big break. And she yeah. was like so beautiful. She really was a sweet girl next door. But this shattered the illusion. And this put the, the, the tabloids on her, like the, her scent on the tabloids of yes. like, okay, we've got something good here. And I do want to emphasize that like this OD was very soon after this like disastrous yeah. thing with the dad which i'm like it's not unrelated you know and then she got like the britney tabloid effect like they start following yeah because they're like oh now we actually have like good shit we can like show of her yes and her misty describes how around this time her and anna kind of fall out unfortunately because fame started to really take its toll and they yes. show some footage apparently she starts showing up to shoots you know being rough and being under the influence and things kind of start spiraling a little bit here. misty says anna becomes just like an asshole and a different person yes um she also starts like really maxing out howard j marshall's credit cards and yes. kind of abusing him financially okay. and this gets yeah. the son howard's son on her case. So as we said, she is sex obsessed and she's like fucking around a lot at this time, to be honest, in Hollywood. But she's afraid Marshall is going to find out and cut her off. Um, so to kind of like remedy this, she marries Marshall in like the creepiest wedding ceremony ever, ever, ever. The wedding ever. photos, you guys. 
Oh my god, please Google them. Look up Anna Nicole Smith, J. Howard. I will I'll post them on the Instagram. Yes, Tristan will post them. She's like a full blown drug addict at this time. And honestly, this is just giving the creeps again. Think about so now we're pro- there's a lot of legal issues that are gonna come, but imagine you're the sons of a billionaire and he's like ninety five and he's marrying Anna Nicole Smith. Like And he's the promising flags. her half of his yeah. fortune. Yeah. So And he's gonna adopt her son, which means their inheritance will be split with another with son. son. Yeah who's not his son. It's a lot. So things are kind of getting pretty intense for her at this point. So she, Marshall's son, like the billionaire son was working behind the scenes to strip Marshall of control of his assets. Because to be honest, they play a lot of recordings of him. It did seem like he wasn't all there like mentally, like he was just obsessed with Anna and sex. Yes. And they really, they kind of position. I remember at the time, at least when the trial was happening, which is a few years after this, you, I felt for Anna and was like, no, this man loved her. But mm-hmm. I also can see from the son's perspective of being, he was being taken advantage of, at least to a degree. Yeah. Or like, I mean, he worked in the business, whatever. We're not going to like get into the actual okay, you like, guys, spoiler alert. of that. <laughs> Howard J. Marshall dies at 90 in 1995. Yes. And she's like 25 at this point. His health declines. He promised her half of his money, but his family ultimately does block that eventually. But the court cases do come up again. Yes. And around this time, Howard K. Stern is seen more with her. He's her lawyer. And people allege that it's like he kind of got in with her right around this time thinking, you know, if maybe I'll get some of the money. Yeah. If I win this case for her, or like if I'm around for her to win this case, I'll get some of this half a billion dollars. And like, to be fair, they were married and that legally does entitle you to a lot. Like they didn't just stay companions. They were married. So there was um, reason there was behind these court there. cases. Yeah, there was precedent. But the big thing they used against her was like, they kind of added up all the money she likely got from him throughout the relationship, which was probably like $14 million. And she blew it all. Like she didn't have a dollar to her name. Yeah. Drugs, uh, clothes, who knows Everything. what she bought it. Yeah. yeah. Misty says she was like addicted to just Everything. filling her life with yeah. things. Yeah. Because it's like, and I mean, this is true of a lot of people. <laughs> it's like when you have, when you need fulfillment and, and you get it from external sources, that will never fill the hole. Like you have to, yeah. it has to come from within. We know and unfortunately, that. Yeah. Come on. We all know that. But, but was that was a outward. big point against her. The fact that like she had probably received over 14 million from him throughout his, their yeah. time together. And that was all gone. Like that's not showing like, oh, she took it and invested it. That would have given her more. Uh, totally. There to really should the have money. been no reason for her to need <laughs> to money be broke. as bad as yeah. she did. Yeah. Um, she, at this time, they show clips of her on the RuPaul talk show. Oh yeah. And uh, he's like, he's saying like, you know, Anna, deserves her money and then she looks at the camera and she's like show me the money (laughs) and what the lawyers present in this documentary is that like even all of that wasn't helping her case like she was reading very much as a gold digger by being like show me the money the culture was less feminist at the time yes gold digging was like more of like a thing then they start showing (laughs) clips from the trial so this was like a huge tabloid trial just because the whole thing is so camp it's like Mm -hmm. this buxom blonde 24 year old married to this 90 year old billionaire there's one Decrepit. point in the trial. There's one point in the trial where his or the son's lawyers are asking Anna um, about like how much she spends, and they're like, "So you, I mean, you are an actress. You're in this movie. Like, do you take acting lessons so you know how to cry?" Because she was crying in court, and she goes, "Fuck you, Ronald." In court, like she just says that, and the lawyer says like her answers like were just too good. Like we knew we were gonna win because she also goes into depth. She's like, well. You know, I need a wardrobe, a hairstylist, a makeup artist. It's very expensive to be me. She really, without realizing it, 
comes across yeah. as like a, a stereotype of a gold digger. She's like, she doesn't, she's sitting up there on the stand and she's like, yeah, I spent this, that, and the other. And, you know, it's expensive to be me. It's like, expensive to be me. Yeah. And so, and they said the jury, it was 13 out of 16 members of the jury were women. And yeah. women, especially at this time in the culture, in like the mid to late 90s, did not sympathize with that kind of an attitude. Yeah. And to be fair, maybe they were on something. You know, it's funny at this point, my boyfriend Henry came in while I was watching the documentary I was like oh yeah we're doing Anna Nicole Smith like Tristan loves her and he's like oh well that makes sense he's got a bimbo fetish (laughs) (laughs) I mean it's true um she so she spoiler alert she loses the case so she's broke around this time reality tv has just hit the airwaves Mm. the most prominent show being the the Osbournes. Osbournes. Um, Such did you a good watch show. I actually, I wasn't allowed to, obviously, but I would sneak it. Same, a little bit. I remember yeah. a couple episodes. <laughs> so they come to Anna being like, we want to make a reality show about you. You're so entertaining. And Misty says how at this point, she tells Anna, they're going to make money off of making fun of you. Yeah. And I hate to say it, but it's 100% true. Anna doesn't care. She wants to do the show anyways. And let me tell you guys, if you haven't watched it, a lot of it's on YouTube and it is very entertaining. And I think it's okay to enjoy the show and have fun with Anna on the show, but it is absolutely exploitative. We are clearly laughing at her, not with her. Uh, She's severely under the influence throughout the show. And it's just a collection of like zany, kooky, crazy scenarios with starring Anna Nicole Smith. It's true. And you know, if you look at a lot of, TV and reality TV from that time, like it would not be aired today. Like, you know, that show like The Swan or like there's just yes. like all this like really exploitative yes. re- reality TV from that time. So she also this is sad. And I remember this from the reality show. So on the show, it starts out with her like buying this house in Hollywood. And then um, she has this like team with her. But this is what's sad, too. And they describe this in the documentary that at that time. So she's no longer friends with Misty and she really doesn't have any friends it's just her and her son daniel like that's the only person in her life who isn't she's not paying so she starts to to, she also seems to become like quite of a bit of a asshole at this point so she's just lost a lot of friends and people in her life that is true but she starts to like hire friends and this is evident in the show it's like she has an assistant she has a couturier she has like these these weird (laughs) they all seem to live in her house like if you watch the show she has her assistant kimmy howard k stern her lawyer is there it's like all these random people who are kind of living with her and they're just kind of propping her up and keeping it going like they're like yes Anna whatever you want and she's like "Ah, my pills yeah and I hate to imitate her that way but you guys that's a direct quote so she's her okay her weight is fluctuating a lot oh yeah she also gains a lot of weight yeah so kid get in there this is around the time and maybe some of you guys remember this I know I do she signs (laughs) a deal I don't um oh well this was sad though she goes on Howard's turn not not the lawyer the lawyer is Howard K. Stern. She goes on Howard Stern, the radio host show. And let me tell you, one of these, how he hasn't been canceled. I know I've said this before on the podcast. I don't know. But just a <laughs> wicked man. And his little co-host, I got, a, I got a bone to pick with her too. Okay. Because they trick Anna into, they try to get her to stand on a scale. They start <gasps> placing yeah. bets about her weight. It's so awful to watch. And I recently, I in preparation for this podcast, I watched an episode of her reality show where she goes back to the Howard Stern show to like get revenge on him. And she walks out as she should. She's like, I'm not going to be humiliated by him again. And like, he just sets her up to be humiliated, which is so sad. But around this time, luckily, she gets a phone call from Trim Spa. 
Never heard of it. Never heard of it. So Trim Spa is a like diet pill from the early 2000s. I tried to look into it and like look at the... It's definitely like a water validity. pill or like a laxative. It's like, giving sketchy.com. It's giving like Sonia Morgan. But she signs this deal and she loses a ton of weight. One thing the documentary doesn't really make clear unless I was like typing my notes and missed this is she does lose a whole bunch of weight. But her friends describe instances of like extreme dieting where she almost dies. Yeah. From dehydration. Well, and then I'm like, did the pills work or was she just starving herself? We're never going to know. So let's move on. I know they don't actually say if the pills worked or not. Maybe that's a legal thing. So she, this actually reignites her career. Yeah. People like love her makeover. She's on all these commercials for Trim Spa. Her whole catchphrase is Trim Spa Baby. I remember there's clips of her on David Letterman. She's wearing a cowboy hat and a necklace that says Trim Spa. Um, <laughs> that Trim Spa necklace was a she lot. does her iconic Kanye West introduction at the 2004 Billboard Music Awards. Now, this is something that Rebecca, if you're listening more on her later listener, Rebecca and I have actually quoted this several really? times. Really? I'd never seen this. And I those. actually feel badly about this, but okay. if you guys haven't watched it, you really should tune in. Maybe I'll post it on the Instagram. Do it. She so introduces funny. Kanye West's performance at the Billboard Music Awards in a performance that I can only describe as riveting. She is absolutely <laughs> slurring her words. She's writhing around, touching her body. She begins by saying, she walks out, everyone's cheering because she's had this makeover, and she goes, Do you like my body? <laughs> Trim spa, baby. And then she's like, this oh next God. artist, and if I ever record an album, oh, yeah. I want him to produce my music yeah. and make me beautiful duets. Give it up for Kanye West. Anyways, you guys, it's a mess. But what they say in the documentary, her bodyguard, also, it's like, she's a bodyguard. It's so bizarre. Yeah. She has this whole team of staff. Momo. He says that in the backstage in the green room, she actually was fine and completely lucid, but she knew how to play a character. Throughout the documentary, there's a theme of people in her life saying that she actually was incredibly manipulative and knew how to... Yeah. But I can't That's decide because Well, I know. I think up. you might have rose-colored glasses on. I came out of it thinking she's quite the manipulative little snake and she's not the most sympathetic character. But anyways, they loved this... This intro she did, it was so hilarious. Obviously, Tristan can still yes, quote it, it to this day. it blew up on the news, though. I yeah. remember, like, the tabloids. People were like, she's off the rails. Yeah. Um, so that happens. But then she gets all these deals. Like, everyone kind of wants to work with her. And, oh, this next part. I literally just watched this episode of, the, of her reality show. It's where she goes on vacation. But first, she goes to the Kentucky Derby. And I swear I saw him in the background. I paused it. I was who? like, is that who I think it is? Larry Burkhead. <gasps> Tristan, they should have got you in the documentary. Like, they should have got me in the documentary. He, I'm the was, expert. He was like, Louis Riel is targeting her. Yes. Wow. So, well, they say in the documentary, she met him at the Kentucky Derby. So she meets this guy, Larry Burkhead. Um, and I just want to say, if the name is familiar to you, <laughs> like it was maybe to me. it is because I actually recently had a tweet about this where I alleged that Lucas Gage's wedding photos with Chris Appleton in the wedding photos that Lucas Gage, he was very reminiscent of Larry Burkhead. And when I saw Larry Burkhead in this documentary, I thought, well, I was absolutely right. And when I tweeted that, Lucas Gage responded. He sure did. And so. let me tell you something. I didn't tag him, which means those Google alerts are on, baby. That's Kristen Kirk for you, or Kardashian now, because Lucas Gage, he engaged. Period. He engaged. Um, so she, at this time, um, Daniel is around like 15. Yeah. But Anna Nicole, she's still like 35. She's yeah. still pretty young. And she's like, I want a baby. But there's a catch. She does not want a baby daddy. She just okay, wants a baby. I have to say, this was like a huge red flag to me because she starts talking about, she's like, I want a baby, like, but the man, like, I want full custody. They have nothing to do with it. They can't, like, come for me, like, the child, like, anything. I'm like, well, it doesn't really work that way if you want to, unless you want to, like, adopt, like. Well, and the, yeah. the strange thing with this is, like, Her why did she use, like, a sperm donor? Yeah, or, like, because a sperm bank. She, wanted, she didn't want to do that. She wanted to, like, just have it with a man, but then, like, 
cut him out of it completely. Yeah, she didn't. It was a red flag. Any parental rights for the father. So her and Larry, her assistant kind of describes this. And these are things where it's kind of murky. They start having appointments for her to get pregnant. They Mm -hmm. book two separate hotel rooms. And I guess they, you know, perform intercourse. And then he leaves immediately. Um, She does get pregnant. And she also, at this time, it is revealed, is like doctor shopping. So she is on like an insane pain medication cocktail and she begins taking methadone a lot of methadone and if you guys aren't familiar with methadone that's typically i mean my understanding of methadone the only time i've ever heard it is that it's used in treatment for heroin addicts because yeah. it is like a strong like opiate heroin light um that is alternative to, to heroin and let me tell you in grade 11 when i went to theater school somewhere between grade 11 and grade 12 <laughs> i would take two buses downtown hamilton by myself get off the bus at the methadone clinic wow walk past around the corner get in the back door of the, of the theater Wow. To perform my act. That's the Hamilton methadone clinic. That ain't no... Picture this. Hollywood methadone. I mean, that one's probably bad too. (laughs) Anyways, she does tell the doctor, quote, don't worry about the doses. I'm like a horse. Yeah. She's been on pain pills and she was like literally before she moved to Hollywood. So she's a horse. She also at this time establishes a website. If any of you remember, there was a video of her with clown makeup on being pretty um, out of it. And she's pregnant as well. She's on all these drugs and she's pregnant. Oh God. Yeah. So the truth comes out at this point that her real plan was to make Howard K. Stern the legal father. Her attorney. It's super unclear if they ever had a relationship. I think most of her team maintained that they actually were not dating. They were just friends. But she thought, you know what? I'd rather Howard raise the baby. Um, And this is where Kylie Minogue comes in. Holly, you tell it. Okay. Well, guys, this is going to be a really sad story. So, like, just buckle up. So... One of her gays, I guess her assistant, they were partying a lot. Like they'd have these like parties at his apartment and at one of, so he introduced, he's like, okay, so there was this party. It It was was, his birthday. Well, he's like, it was a Kylie Minogue like birthday party. And then I'm like, does that mean it was like your birthday, but it was Kylie Minogue thing? No, they were celebrating Kylie Minogue's birthday. I think I thought it had to be his birthday. That was Kylie Minogue. No, I literally like paused, went back. I'm like, what do you mean? Like a Kylie? He was like, no, I love Kylie Minogue so much. We're celebrating her birthday. So If this guy's still with us, I'm sure he's bumping putum putum right now as we speak. <laughs> so they're having a birthday party for really no reason other than to celebrate Kylie Minogue's birthday. But who hasn't? The assistant us. notices that her son Daniel is there, and he's kind of like partying more. And they're he's, yeah. And he he's, says at this point Daniel wasn't known to drink or party. Or no, anything he's always known as like the sweetest kid, and he's like 19. Yeah, yeah. and then he's like tells the assistant he's like i've i've taken some of anna's like, well, wait, 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 yeah. wait. He, the assistant goes daniel do you want to drink and he was like uh sure but can you drink on methadone yeah so he's taken some of anna nicole he's like how many did you take he's like yeah i took some of my mom's methadone pills and then he's like okay he gives him some coke and it's he's doesn't the assistant's like i'm he doesn't feel good about it now but looking back he's like maybe it would sober him up honestly like he like didn't know yeah. what to do he's like i'm just gonna give it to him so <laughs> That's how Kylie Minogue comes into play. And so this is how we kind of see Daniel is a bit troubled now, too. How could he not be, honestly, with, like, this lifestyle? It's a real circus, right? So this is around, like, spring 2006. Anna's case gets brought up again. So she's lost the case about inheritance to Howard J. Marshall's estate. It gets taken all the way to the level of the Supreme Court. So... (laughs) This is pretty major. Um, Her assistant also describes that she at this time was active on AOL online chat, AIM, um, and her screen name was Hot Hot Smoochy Lips. (laughs) 
I love like, that detail. He's like, I'm yeah, like, I got a message from Hot Smoochy Lips saying that she didn't want to give custody to Larry Burkhead. She's one of us. She had Larry's number at this time. She was telling her friends, she was like, he is crazy and I don't trust him and I don't want him to have custody at all. So she cracks a master plan. She hatches a plan. Well, actually, Howard K. Stern probably did because he was a lawyer. And they guys, moved. just so you know, all around this time, like, it's a quick downward spiral. So just hold on. I know. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. You guys, it's sad. It's sad. They moved to the Bahamas suddenly. They're like, we're moving to the Bahamas. Bye. Because, so she's pregnant at this time. Oh my God, I forgot she's pregnant this whole time. Yeah, well, she's you did pregnant, say she was pregnant on drugs. So. And in in the Bahamas, the law is whoever signs the birth certificate at the time of birth is the legal father, regardless of paternity. So her and Howard are like, if we move to the Bahamas and you have the baby and I sign the birth certificate, she's mine, regardless of what Larry Burkhead says. So they move to the Bahamas. She unfortunately doesn't tell her doctor. So then she calls her doctor and she's like, hey, I'm running out of methadone. And the doctor's like, um, if I you don't take yeah. your methadone, you will die and yeah. the baby will die so they have to and they by don't the way really it, it is how, it is this grifter larry burkett's baby oh spoiler alert i mean yeah yeah it was the custody case of a lifetime like on nancy I know, Grace. This is- <laughs> they showed clips anyways they get the methadone to her in the bahamas they don't really say how no i think it went up someone's gas lap but they're anyways well, daniel yeah. is really struggling at this time gas september lap. 7th raquel's gas lap. <laughs> september 7th 2006 she gives birth to her daughter danny lynn shout out to danny lynn there's someone who i'm surprised instagram? isn't in instagram she has to be like 20 now. wait i couldn't okay, find her she's I 17 you guys her. don't not my math jumping out <laughs> um danny lynn is born Daniel flies to the Bahamas to visit Danny Lynn. So she's born on the 7th. Daniel arrives to the hospital on the 8th. The morning of the 9th, he's dead. He dies in her hospital room. Yeah. And he was 20 years old. And it is revealed that he overdosed on a combination of methadone and antidepressants. Mm -hmm. He had recently been diagnosed um, with depression issues and given prescriptions for these antidepressants. And the combination of those with the methadone just like instantly killed him. Yeah. Which is so upsetting so she's he was 20 it's so sad she's wanted this baby for so long she's given birth to this baby but she lost her yes they even show an old clip she's like when she already has daniel in these old clips and she's like i want to have a daughter Mm -hmm. so it really was her dream and then she she gets this daughter and instantly loses her son and she is just distraught they say how she just like can't even speak she it's she's it's so bad and she's obviously struggling with addiction so it just really sends her down a downward spiral and i remember this is the time when i became like aware of her in the tabloids like can you imagine they wouldn't do this to people now but like they were just ripping her all to shreds you know what i vividly remember do you remember like back in the day you'd go on msn and on the (laughs) msn.com yeah it would just like have the tabloids there and she was always always on there yeah yeah um, and this is like a crazy, this is something else I remember. This all happened in the span of four months. Yeah. Like Daniel died. She has this baby. Daniel dies. She's back in court. Um, and then February 7th, 2007. So literally like four or five months later, Anna dies. She overdoses. On a combination of nine medications. So sad. It's I mean, nine is so sad. not even that many considering how many she could be on. Yeah. And she has a four month old daughter. It's so sad. And what this documentary really revealed to me. So then around this time, mm-hmm. the whole paternity case starts um, instantly after she dies. Everyone's I think, clamoring. I think, by the way, she was she was 39. She was 39. She, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So she passes away and instantly Larry Burkhead mm-hmm. starts this insane paternity case. And I remember watching this. Yeah. And it's crazy because at the time. 
I remember me and my mom, we were so team Larry Burkhead. We were like, it's obviously his. He deserves this baby. <laughs> but watching this documentary, I'm like, and at the time I thought Howard K. Stern was evil. But now I'm like, no. you know, Howard actually really did care for Anna. And what her team describes throughout the documentary is that her drug use was really something that no one could control like yeah. no one was giving her these medications she was really sneaky about it like i mean she was an addict she was and an I think addict howard's family kind of embraced her because his sister is like her good friend and she's in the documentary speaking yeah. kind of on behalf of them so i actually did feel bad for howard but i mean unfortunately paternity is paternity so in the american legal system the reason like who knows but at the time larry burke had thought i think because she had been married to a billionaire and then she was yeah. that that court the supreme court brought the case back up that there was a way that he could somehow get in on the billions from the billionaire and the daughter if he was the paternal father but honestly looking back now it's a pretty weak case i don't think that they would connect those dots but he was trying he was trying i think he really thought he would like inherit all this money but unfortunately there was not money to be inherited. no not from anna i think he was trying to even skip over her and get the money from yes because it was back in the supreme yeah. court anyways mm-hmm. It turns out at this time, so we get Misty comes back and she reveals to us that unfortunately Anna was a bit of a fibber mm-hmm. throughout her life. So it yes. is revealed that this is a real like Kaiser Sose moment when she Yes. <laughs> oh my god, what a twist. So they show all these clips of Anna describing her childhood and how her mom was like viciously abusive and sexual assault and physical assault and all this stuff. And then Misty's like, uh, that was my story. Yeah. Word for word. I got the chills. Misty goes, she goes, I'd heard that story before, because it came out of my mouth when I told Anna. Oh, <gasps> When she Nikki. told Nikki. Nikki. Yeah. <laughs> and then they show clips of Anna's mom, Virgie. So sweet. Who's like a completely normal woman. Who's like, yeah, Anna used to tell stories all the time. Like she made all that up. We grew up in a three bedroom home. Like it yeah. was super normal. So it kind of ends with the mom being like Anna and this conversation they had where it's like Anna really liked to tell stories and she's like the bad stories sell better than the good. And all I'm trying to do, the more my name is out there, the more money I can make. That's the name of my game. So that's again when I kind of lost a little bit of respect for her. I was like yeah well okay and she, and Virgie was like she was willing to throw anybody our family her friends anybody under the bus because she just cared more about publicity it doesn't matter if it's bad or good so she would make up things so. yeah which is so upsetting and then the documentary ends with the text that Danny Lynn inherited nothing yeah I hope she's okay so sad you know what she pops up on entertainment tonight like once every okay few years. her and Larry they do like an entertainment tonight piece so on, she went back with on Larry? Anna's little girl so um, who who got custody yeah, of her? Yeah, Larry got custody of her. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know where the future stands for Danny Lynn. I mean, I do think she does have a, a potential career as an influencer. I'll just say it. We'll Miss, be, we would follow her. Oh, my God. My TikTok's full of Alabama Barker. <laughs> oh. What, like Danny Lynn can't get in there? I mean, Travis is a good dad. Well, I know, but I'm saying, like, come on, these offspring, yeah. they're guaranteed stars. Shannon Moakler. So, we'll you know, her, keep yeah. your eyes peeled for Danny Lynn. We're going to pray for Danny Lynn. And the so last thing story. I want to say is when Anna Nicole biopic starring Margot Robbie. When? 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 Starring me, even. I would read for the part, <laughs> but, you know, manifesting. Okay, that's the unauthorized biopic. <laughs> yeah. that the, lifetime, <laughs> the lifetime biopic. <laughs> no, um, she really did have that just, like, charisma. She was a star, but... I know it is so sad. Case okay, so Holly, I feel like I really stepped on you this episode. No, I actually um I I did stop taking notes at a certain point, so I was just okay. kind of yeah. I was well, going you guys, off I get your list. you know I get passionate about my bimbos. Your playmate has a point. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, he at, at the end of it because he only caught the second half of this documentary. He's like, why do you guys like this girl? What the hell, oh what, what the hell's wrong with her? I'm like, come on, you missed all the build up, the pain. You guys, it's camp. <laughs> yeah, it's camp. He doesn't understand. And camp then stuff. you know, also a poignant point at the end of the documentary was that like. 
She really felt a closeness with Marilyn. And just like Marilyn, she unfortunately was taken from us too young. And yeah. she always told Misty she was going to she was gonna leave this earth young, which is such a sad prophecy. And Misty, it, is it was sad because Misty's like, you know, when we had our falling out, I said all, this, all these horrible things to her and now I can never take it back. And I was like, you know, there's nothing like female friendship. Yeah. So Misty was in love with her, though. Prayers up for Misty. Now prayers that up we've for done, Anna. we've done a few of these episodes. Now it's like a lot of people have had these really troubled childhoods, but it really is like what you make of it. Like just keep that as a lesson. Brooke Shields, she had a troubled childhood with being over sexualized, all this stuff, and she she turned it the other way. So totally, I'm starting to think I'm getting a little bit conservative in my thinking. No excuses, right? Pull <laughs> yourself up by the bootstrap. Bootstraps. No, just kidding. <laughs> Okay. Who's Shirley Bassett? I don't know. There was someone said something about Shirley Bassett in the documentary, and I wrote it down because I wanted to Google it. Okay. Well, maybe um next week you'll find out. But Shirley I... Bassey, that was it. Okay. Who's she? Um, oh, a Welsh a singer. singer. But why did this come up? Anyways, I don't know. you guys, I can't remember. Y'all, we've we've spent more time on Anna Nicole than we really even ever needed to. So. Well, I, for one, could spend even more time on her, but I guess that's it for this week. Yeah. You can, you know, how about you choose like another Playmate or something Playboy related that we can really go deep on? I know. What about that with Marilyn Grabowski? No, not her, but someone like, yeah, but I know yeah. there is something there, you guys. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. We love you guys. We'll be back we soon. We love you guys. Have a good week. Bye. Bye.